How's it going? Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Uh, we're doing this on a Tuesday, but I'm kind of glad we did, because I still feel like I haven't slept from the weekend yet. Uh, I'm Will Gavin, alongside me, Ollie Hunter, and not really, not making his debut on our edition of the show this year, and plus he does loads of other shows. He probably does more than we do. Definitely does more than we do. It's the, from NFL Island, and our main man for all of dirt socials and dirt technology and dirt Irishness, uh, Michael McQuaid. How are you? How's was that going, acceptable? Lads? Did I go too far? Ah, I, th- I think it was perfect. It was nicer than Twitter yesterday. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm joking. Not here. Um, great to see you, lads, again. Great weekend. And I plus one to what Mr. Gavin said. I'm wrecked. I think we all yeah, well, are after that. Weekend. I mean, I feel like I know people come here for the football, but I feel like we should tell Michael McQuaid's story because Mike came out with us on Thursday, having flown into London, and we taught. <laughs> we feels tore so one long off. ago. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that's well <laughs> under a week ago. Yeah, we absolutely tore one off. Bunch of grapes, London Bridge, decent Guinness, right? I went for. By the way, I went for a pint of the horseshoe today. Still a better pint of Guinness than bunch of grapes. Sorry, Ollie, you're wrong. The bunch of grapes tore one off in there. Stayed out with us, met us the next morning at Packers practice, admittedly got the wrong train to Packers practice, but met us there anyway. Then got a taxi straight to Luton Airport, flew back to Ireland. Did you fly fly back to Belfast and then fly back out of Dublin, right? Uh, Flew back to Belfast, got to Belfast at 9.30. Or no, 9. 9 p.m., next day brother's wedding, Left brother's wedding, went straight to the airport, came back for the Packers game. Unreal. What then, were the, remind us of those timings? The, the wedding finished like midnight and you had a flight at like 4am or something. Yeah, so the wedding was going on to 1am, but I bounced at 20 to 12. I was quite close to home. Got home, got a bag, left the house. 12, got, obviously got a shower as well. <laughs> left the house 20 past 12, was down in Dublin at 20 to 2. Slept in the car until 4.45. Fast track, Stansted. Tottenham and then 10 o'clock that night back listening to Will Gavin on the radio on Sunday nights uh, delirious listening to golf coverage and NFL coverage but uh, do you know what I I wouldn't change it for the world it was great crack you were bubbling along nicely on Sunday I have to say considering that I was feeling like a train wreck from hitting the toucan on Saturday night and yeah wow yeah yeah Uh, I think all of us were feeling a little bit worse for wear but when when NFL's in town, these are the things you've got to do. You've got friends come into town. You've got uh, you've got colleagues come into town who've now turned into friends. Yes, they have, Michael McQuaid. But that's what you've got to do. You've got to go out and sample everything. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, the two-game was great. But then the game the next day, I said it would be the most NFL-sounding stadium that we've ever had. Uh, in th- Is it 32 32- International game, thirty second international game, the thirty second team exactly. coming out. Wonderful synergy, and, they, and I think it's actually it's not gone full circle. It's probably gone one eighty from that very first game where you didn't have um, you had people, uh, and we heard it in the Packers practice. The, the, some of the uh, some of the questions to Matt Lafleur were: Do people will people know when to make noise and when not to make noise? Well, I think you've if anyone was there at the game or. Had to uh, or happened to be watching it on ITV, they would have heard that every single down that the New York Giants had, there was it was loud. It reminded me a bit of I know not quite as loud, but a bit of CenturyLink. When you go to CenturyLink and or it's no longer CenturyLink, but up in Seattle, when you go to that game, um, they make noise on the away teams every single down. And to be fair and fair to the Giants fans and the Bears fans that were probably in the stadium as well, they were making noise on. Packers third third downs and fourth downs. So, look, there was it was a great atmosphere, a real game of two halves. I got a little, you know, little uh, what are these called? Well, I've re- oh, it was unreal. We we renamed that the Rogers, but the Rogers. I mean, you've been doing that a little bit recently, and I have been wondering where it's come from. I can't. But now it can never leave your lexicon again because we went down to the tunnel. We um we were moving between our broadcast position where we were doing the game for TalkSport and uh, over a you know, sponsor's box, as you do, uh, going and schmoozing. It's work. It's work. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and so we timed it so we could see the Packers do their walk from the locker room to the field. And, yeah, Ollie just threw up a 
uh, Aaron Rodgers he went by and he got one back. It's on my Twitter at Will Gav. I'm sure we retweeted it from Gridiron at Gridiron for, on Twitter. And for those listening to the to the podcast, yeah, it's a thumb and, oh, yeah, a, I keep and a little. It's a thumb and a little finger, and uh, it's he did a it, back. it was thing. it was it was a really weird surreal moment but when that was probably when... the highlight of my day <laughs> life that moment though like Slash seconds life. after and i said this yesterday i've never heard a bigger pop when rogers oh, really? came out yeah yeah wow uh unreal and um yeah by the <laughs> best moment of your life when you send me that because ollie also likes to use that as an emoji as well uh, my car has like a talk to speak text thing that it does. And so when he's texting me on the car and I like listen to his message, it just goes, call me hand emoji. So apparently that's <laughs> that's what that is, a call oh, okay. me hand. Because it's like a phone. There you go. That's how to describe it to people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we've rambled, as we always do. The atmosphere was unreal Yeah. Uh, at Sunday, uh, at, at Tottenham on Sunday. And not just before, not just at the game, but beforehand, all the way up the Tottenham High Road, the reactions of all of the fans that were there the the just the general atmosphere it had a proper tailgate atmosphere around the outside of the stadium despite not having you know the usual you know, cars parked up and grills on the go and everything else and, and then the game of football delivered we had two great games of football over two weeks uh and we also had a great primetime game on monday we need to talk about so finally it feels like the season is starting to warm up and kick into gear a little bit finally there's still some bad football that we're going to have to talk about, but because we're doing the show on a Tuesday instead of a Monday this week, uh, we will do a little bit different. We won't recap as much uh, as we did of last weekend of last weekend's games. We'll do a little bit of a look forward, maybe pick out a point we want to pick out. Do the big news as well, because there is big news. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are now having a fire sale, it seems, after losing their head coach. I mean, where's Brian Burns going to go? Where's Christian McCaffrey going to go? Where's DJ Moore going to go? Like, some teams could pick up some absolutely vital pieces that will absolutely round out both sides of the ball for them uh, if, Pan- if the Panthers really are planning to just tear this whole thing down like it appears they might be looking to. Uh, we'll talk a bit about some of the games from the weekend as well. Uh, boys, Where I mean, where, uh, can we start with Monday Night Football? Because... Yeah. I just said that the season is bubbling along nicely and that finally it's starting to kick into gear a little bit. And yet, after we saw one of the most egregious pieces of officiating on Sunday, when Tom Brady had a roughing the passer called in his favour that might have been the most textbook taking down of a quarterback to keep him safe that you can possibly make by Grady Jarrett. And then afterwards told the the assembled media, I don't throw the flags. I mean, I'm not expecting him to go up and, you know, pull a, a Leeds United and go and just, you know, tell the referee it was the wrong thing or go and score a goal in the other end. But I do like uh, I, I, a bit of culpability, a bit of a, yeah, do you know what? <laughs> Maybe there should be a sky judge. Maybe we should finally be figuring out the ways in which these things can be reviewable without dragging the game on too much more. Because over the years, there have been so many personal foul penalties that haven't been challengeable that you just go, that has completely, completely swung a game, particularly on a third down in a situation like that when the Falcons were very much the team in the ascendancy. That's just my little rant about that. But we had another one last night. We had another egregious penalty, which ended up moving the game forward. It ended up not changing the result of the game, but very well could have done and we had a bad coaching decision what on earth is Nathaniel Hackett doing going for it on uh, going for the two points when there's four minutes left on the clock I don't mind doing the Titans at Wembley and going for it when the time is expiring you go right it's win the game lose the game we put it all down to this play we don't want to go to overtime we don't want to face Patrick Mahomes in overtime with four minutes left on the clock, all you're actually doing is making the other team more aggressive. All they're going to do is go, right, we have to go and win it now. There's no way that they're going to get to a third and long or even like a fourth and short near midfield that's out of field goal range and not think, to themselves, well, we have to go for it. We're a point down. They're not going to kick it back and settle for overtime themselves. I just, the analytics of it made absolutely zero sense. I also said Nathaniel Hackett, didn't I? When that's obviously not who I meant. I'm very tired after the weekend. I wish Nathaniel Michael Hackett Daniels. was the Raiders coach. <laughs> <laughs> Josh McDaniels. It was Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels it's another bizarre decision because even if it did go to overtime, they've had a longer week to get to Mon- to Monday Night Football. They've also got a bye next week, so it's not like the players are, are going to be. T- I mean, they may be. They may have been gassed, but they're delving into reserves that will be there and looked after because they have had 
an extra day to prepare and they'll have an extra week to get over it. So it was a really, really bizarre decision. Um, and it just it just shows that there are some of these younger coaches and some of the older ones that when the pressure gets to them, and it seems like pressure's getting to the refs and pressure's getting to Devontae Adams, uh, it, pushing that cameraman over, bizarre, bizarre behavior. Um, it does it does feel that these these guys in these pressure cooker situations are making weird decisions. We spoke, and it's something that we've been speaking about since week one. I feel like there's so many elements that you can take from this game. First off, the fact that Travis Kelsey had four four touchdowns with 25 it, yards. Uh, yeah, it was. He had seven catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns. Unlucky if you were facing him in fantasy. But that that third touchdown, well, and all like. Um, it almost seemed like the refs were just really, really scared to do any flag situations. Like Max Crosby was completely destroyed on that play. And then going back into what you said about Sunday as well with Booger or Booger, I can't pronounce his surname. It seems like bogus. I mean, bogus. It just seems like, Oh, that's happened. Right. Oh, and suddenly maybe he might have like a week off next week. And then suddenly the week after he'll come back and nothing's happened. It's completely different to the whole concussion situation where we were sitting on Saturday night or was it Saturday or Friday? I don't even know anymore. The NFLPA, obviously we want this sorted now. We want the situation sorted now. Whereas the whole flag thing is is different. Could we bring in a, a Premier League style VAR situation for flags? Maybe you could have a special challenge each game for, for that. Well, it just It's just really... I just have to get better. It, it was annoying. There's six of them. They just just get better at it. But maybe, I mean, there's the New York thing. New York's ever watching like this um, Sauron's eye, Spectre, watching all, uh, all knowing and all powerful. And they, for some reason, they choose not to get involved. They're, instead, they're, they're like uh, Saruman watching through the Pilantir rather than Sauron and his all-seeing eye. So um, I don't know why... I don't know why they, they don't get involved. Green Bay, for instance, twice in two different games this year have had uh, plays where the the play clock has run down. Two or three seconds have gone. Then the play gets the ball gets snapped. And teams end up scoring from those drives. Didn't happen this week. But those are the kind of things that they get they get highlighted within a season, and then you'll be able to throw a challenge flag for that next season because that's they'll they'll have you know those the the when the NFL will get together and, and change the rules and, and amend and, and amend the rules. So it's just it's just seems bizarre that we can't have that now and we have to have a another what is it twenty games? Twenty uh, how many yeah maths whatever we've got to have the, the rest of the season to to live with these with the a, a system that isn't perfect. The um the thing as well. Well, sorry, I'm just gonna jump in here very very quickly. The, the fourth down play at the start of the game when Derek Carr got Devontae oh, Adams yeah. was class. And you sort of like it was. It was it, do you know when you throw it up and you just know it was like that Josh Allen gave Davis play on Sunday. You just knew he's away. He was like bye bye, and he just just Mike, away. But uh, Mike, it was really obvious. impressive in the offense. It was obvious though because he was single covered, and that wasn't the first time that uh, that first half that he was single covered. And the chains were moved because they, um, they, the, the Derek Carr recognised this. Derek Carr's, you know, a middling quarterback, but he's good enough to know that when his star wide receiver is single covered, just put it up there and he'll collect it for you. And that's what he did. He did that with the with the touchdown. Brilliant, brilliant play. But you can't single cover Devontae Adams on on a fourth or fourth down or a third and long or whatever. You just can't do it. Uh, we did see, as we said, we saw some unreal throws from quarterbacks. I think we'd consider middling quarterbacks this weekend. The Geno Smith, I think, is the second Seahawks touchdown. We threw it into double coverage, a bullet into the end zone. The DK Metcalf one, I think it was. Absolutely unreal. Just, like, to the point where I... Where were we? Because that was... Was that in the late window? The Seahawks I were playing? Think, I think it was. I have a feeling uh, it yeah, was. Yeah, Sunday is all such a blur. But I just early remember window. being... I remember being around... It was early window because we were down in the media cafe on our way out. And I literally remember mid-conversation with someone going, wow! Just <laughs> like in the middle of a lot of other people that were turned around and looked like it would be like it was nuts. Um, I absolutely believe 
that the NFL needs to bring in Sky Judge and probably needed to bring it in about five years ago. And if, if you're not familiar with Sky Judge, it's what they did in the AAF. And in the AAF, it was almost designed as a way of testing it for the NFL. It was, it's been suggested in the NFL, at part of the new, you know, the new rules and policies they do at the uh, spring uh, owners meetings every year. It's been suggested there for the last three or four years. And essentially it is replay review, but instead of being back at New York and a challenge flag having to be thrown or somebody having to go to a monitor, you just have a ninth official who's in the stadium, who is watching the instant replay and goes, you need to call that throw a flag now. And if there is, then it can then potentially be challenged and everything else afterwards. Now, actually, the way they did it in the AAF, they were only allowed to throw it for um, uh, issues of safety. So things like, you know, if it's a, a late hit, a dirty hit around the head or something like that. And in the last five minutes of the game, so the idea being if it's going to be something which could be very game specific. But I remember seeing uh, there was one in um, there was there was an example that was doing the rounds on Twitter like two or three years ago when the AAF was was running where um, the uh, a, a defensive back had an unnecessary late hit on a defenseless receiver. All eight officials on the field missed the call and it was instantly reviewed. A message was sent down. A flag was thrown. There was no long delay. There were no, you know, Budweiser commercials. There was no one staring at a Microsoft tablet. They just trusted the Sky Judge. He told them it should have been thrown. The game was resumed 15 yards downfield on an important second half series. And actually, they went on and scored a touchdown there. And it just, the whole, the whole thing was so much quicker and such a higher level of accuracy as well. And yet they keep umming and ahhing over bringing it to the NFL, where clearly they have the technology to do it. And so I just do it. I also have always thought that those personal foul penalties should be reviewable anyway, but I'm just, just get on with it. Just bring it in. It's going to make the game more <laughs> accurate and quicker and therefore more fun. You'll have less commercials maybe, which is not something the NFL want, but just get on with it. I love the wee camera. I don't know. I, I know you used to broadcast lads. We'll talk about this in more professional terms, but what do you call the camera oh, that goes around the camera. stadium? The wee camera spider uh, for the spider Giants. Cam. Spider cam. Spider cam. That was cam class. And it, was, it was amazing to see all the Americans like rave about it on Sunday. It was like, this is amazing. We need this right now. Whereas I just thought we already had it. I mean, you've got stadiums like so far. We can just pull it up the middle. But it just looked so much they better for that for those it. sort of games. There, there, are, there are some stadiums that have it, like Mike's saying, there's some that have it but not as accurate. The SoFi just has one that goes like end okay. to end, essentially down the middle. Uh, Minnesota have it. Or maybe it's Atlanta, one of those new stadiums, because there was a Corderell Patterson kick return where they followed him all the yeah. way down the field using the spider cam that went viral a few years ago That he, where he scored like a 102-yard touchdown return. And it was an insane video. But it was just it's the way they were using spider cam on Sunday where they were just like the players were breaking out of the huddle and it was coming down around the huddle and up and behind and then positioning itself in for an all 22 view. And it was like, whoever is operating this camera today is having an absolute blast. They have just gone like, I'm going to be creative as hell with this. They probably had a, a, a couple of sherbets beforehand and thought, got them all loose. They've been, in, they've been in the 888 box with Will Gavin and uh, <laughs> oh, everyone else. And, <laughs> really having a good time. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. I forgot what we were meant to be talking about on the show because uh, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are great. The Raiders made mistakes. And I just wanted to say, if you've not watched Monday Night Football yet, go and watch it in as long a format as you can afford to spend time doing because... It was an unreal game of football. You know what the spider cam reminds me of? It reminds me of, um, and and it got it keeps getting told said all the time. But you know that Madden view, and you you know the the whole behind the quarterback, and you get to see the defense. And all right, people get that at the ends when they're at the end zones or in the end zones. But you not you can't really appreciate it unless you're on your own sort of one or two yard line if you're if you're right at the back behind behind the play but it's it's that madden view we need more madden views well you, you get the coach's view don't you on game pass but it takes two days for them to process it and put it on there and then ollie Connolly sits and spends four days <laughs> cutting and pasting bits of it onto twitter to tell us all how football actually works and we all marvel at his genius um yeah, yeah. all praise be to the con man um mentioning madden have you noticed my new headphones no that's my, my swanky new. Oh, 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 
Hold on, now, hold on, hold on. Why the hell together by tape? Did you get the fancy box? <laughs> and, I, and you've got new the, headphones. I got the fancy box. Shout you out got to EA Sports. You have to see this thing, right? So, uh, what? The fancy box, the all Madden edition of Madden 23. Now, Ollie, we've received some stupid swag before. Like, there's no way we should be given free stuff for doing what we're doing. But the box contains a t shirt, it contains these headphones, it contains a copy of the game, right? Previously, the best thing I'd ever received, by the way, was WWE when they sent us a copy of the game into TalkSport. They sent us a Money in the Bank briefcase with the game in it, and then like a bunch of and then a bunch of cookies. It's still in my garage. Um, It's amazing; it's not up on the wall behind me, to be honest. But Ollie, check out how ridiculous it is. Lovely box, lovely accessories inside. I like the the Madden in the uh, the Raiders colors. What what happens when you open the box? Does it make a noise? There's a video no. in the lid of the box. It's it like shows a... the trailer to the game in the box. Wow. It's absolutely ridiculous. I am going to challenge Will Gavin live I'll put it on, on the social internet. media. It'll go on at Will Gavin. Right now well. to get the uh, the John Madden tattoo on his back like Vernon K done with Eli Manning. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, has to be, it has to be a wager. You can't just just tell me to do it and i go yeah right, i will then. play you on madden next week and the loser has to do it How, no, that definitely done? beat me i what with the new game i've only played it a little bit um I, I firstly it just looks great and it has a real flow to it what i like is that they've put all these great new systems in place all these new like ways of hitting people ways of passing the ball that can get super more accurate with it so if you're like a proper nerd which i am but yeah uh, have had more time to play video games in the past like you can get really technical with it. What they've also done is allow you to change the passing mode to the passing mode from previous games so that those of us dinosaurs who have been playing it since, you know, Madden 04 or whatever can just go back to the old passing style and not have to worry about learning new systems because we don't have 20 hours a week to be playing video games. Have you? And you probably haven't, either of you two. Have you played as the Saints this year? No. No. Okay, so it'd be really interesting to see just, how... Just to play as Taysom Hill. Well, yeah, because four touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, he's he's listed as a tight end, but he's really just an amazing gadget player. I love Taysom Hill. Two weeks ago, I saw... Did, did anyone play him in fantasy this week? Because oh, that would have been the him. most genius thing ever. I dropped him. I, I picked him up in all of our fantasies. Of course uh, you all did. The Classic answer. Because I love him. Uh, two weeks ago, Taysom Hill, number seven jerseys. There were loads of them on the streets uh, in and around Tottenham. I just, he's an incredible player. Did you see what Sean Payton said about him uh, uh, to the, the Saints coach? Oh, I'll trade for him in a couple of years' time. <laughs> after the game. Uh, after contract. the game yesterday. <laughs> Look, Taysom Hill, I know he's, he's just, he's, he had one p- passing touchdown, three rushing touchdowns. Um. The Saints, when he's in the game, which he should be, I mean, if he's in the game more more often than not, then you kind of work out what that they're going to him. But they're so much fun to watch when he's there. You kind of forget that they've got Dalton or Winston and their receiving core isn't lighting things up. And Alvin Kamara isn't, is just making his way back from, from a return from injury. Making his way back. Yeah, exactly. So um, it'd be interesting to see if Madden, uh, maybe you could report back to me, Willie. If, <laughs> okay. Madden, if Madden have got some interesting ways. <laughs> you want to wait ways... 20 minutes, I'll go and load it up. And yeah, then yes, I'll come please. Back and tell you. If, uh, Share the screen. Up, just pick up the camera and take it with you. If Madden, if Madden um, has some interesting ways of getting him involved in the offense, no doubt they do. No doubt they do. Great guy. Um, what I do like about the NFL this year, uh, like you mentioned there with the Saints, obviously the Seahawks are not a great football team this year. And yet, they have been great on offense. Gino's been brilliant. They've been super, like, tight in every game that they play in. Uh, And it feels like the bad teams are still, most of it, are still bringing it. The Washington Commanders. Like, I think we all saw them as one of the lower-ranked teams in the NFL this year. Pushed the Tennessee Titans all the way this weekend. And if it wasn't for Carson Wentz throwing the ball around for some reason, it's from inexplicable reason with enough time left on the clock that he didn't need to, and throwing that inception, then they would have gone on to probably win that game or at least take it, I know, 21-17 to win the game. would have had to have been winning. Uh, The Falcons. The Falcons have lost all of their losses by a single score, despite the fact that I came into the season thinking that's one of the worst NFL rosters I've seen on paper in years. Uh, The Bears keeping it tight with the Vikings this weekend, that it's taking that late 
interception slash fumble that um that ended up happening. Like those are the things that as much you've got as the we Lions, about you've being, got the Giants as well. Those two uh, teams. I mean, the Lions didn't do so much this weekend. What yeah, what, but... what what I didn't get to ask you about though, because we took we glossed over the London games and we are all over the shop with the show today. <laughs> are you are you concerned for the Green Bay Packers? Are you worried about let the Pakistan like, go first. Every, ga- every game, you have had a quarter, a half, where you've just looked like world beaters. And every game, you've had at least a stretch of time, and this week ended up being the entire second half, where you're just not putting it together, where it's just not making sense. I don't, I don't get it. I think the Packers think they're better than they are, and that they deserve to be winning the NFC North every single week or every, every single season. Um, they of, they clearly, they quite clearly didn't prepare in that Minnesota game properly. They lost badly on both sides of the ball, not really on, on special teams, but massively on both sides of the ball. So there had to be a reaction against a terrible bears team the next week. So they pre they preps properly for it. Um, and then coming to, to London with the New York giants, um, you could. It felt like they hadn't prepped for anything other than the early release of the playbook that that they were given. Um, Matt Lafleur pointed out that they gave they gave them the the, the set plays those twenty four set plays early. Um, there wasn't really anything beyond that. Um, and defensively, I have no idea what Joe Barry's doing. I just, it, it the they. They look out of confidence. They look slow. Without, they don't seem to have a plan. Um, it it, the, it is worrying. It's worrying. But weirdly, then they go to Tampa Bay and beat the Bucks. And I thought they would beat the Bucks. It's a, it's a weird, weird season with the Green Bay Packers. And then we've got the Jets coming. And we'll probably what they'll probably do is scheme properly, the, the pro- Jets, plan by the way, properly. Talking about bad teams, yeah. who have been spicy. Back-to-back wins for the Jets. So exactly. So the the Jets will come to Lambeau. Um, they'll they'll plan properly and they'll win the game and it will cover over a crack and then it will all fall apart again in, in a couple of weeks. That's how I'm feeling about the Packers at the moment. I think it's really interesting because there's so many elements here. First off, go back to that Patriots game and just the way the game went on both sides of the ball, the atmosphere around Lambeau Field, the atmosphere whenever Lafleur came in on Friday. He was very awake and excited for the pressers which that we were at. Um, and the atmosphere in, in the post-game press conference, so there was two questions. One of them was asked about, you know, the offense, when's it going to click? And the other one, Aaron Rodgers was asked, was um, about OBJ. For me, if you've got Dylan and Jones there and you can hand the ball off to him, but then you've got, what, Tonya and Randall Cobb, uh, Lazard, Dubs, uh, I'm, think, I'm forgetting somebody else. Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Who's a beast, by the way? I seen, like we we all seen these guys on Friday. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers, after the offseason he has, lads and Ollie, I'm not being down in the Packers at all. I hope that I hope they get it together. I'm sure they will. I just don't think offensively he has that many excuses. Like there was a couple of situations on Sunday where I could not believe, and obviously Wink deserves credit. That defense for the, for the Giants deserves credit, but they should have pulled away either before the half or early third quarter, and they didn't. At 20 to 10, I genuinely was worried they were going to come out in the second half, score on their first drive, and it would turn into a blowout. Yeah. They didn't score another point on offense for the rest of the game. The safety was the only other score they had, which, by the way, uh, how more people didn't see that coming, I do not understand. Literally, the moment that they, it was, they it was obvious, yeah. got the ball back, I was like, they're going to run four downs here, and they're going to go for a safety so that they pin him back deep and have to throw a deep, deep Hail Mary. Um, I want to see a free kick, by the way, at some point, but we'll get into that separately. <laughs> from the, from, from the, that's it's my biggest thing in the NFL. Somebody someday call me a fair a fair catch free kick, please. Um, because on the other side of it, the Giants are not talent rich. Lost Leonard Williams just before the game, and this is a Giants side who, prior to this game, were giving up the most yards per carry on the ground between the tackles. I was expecting a huge A.J. Dillon game. They were giving up 5.7 yards per carry on the ground for runs up the gut. And they lost their best defensive lineman. Like, I really thought that this is going to get absolutely brutal. It, it, 
they between Wink Martindale, between the choices of when to blitz, between the scheming, Brian Dable, who fired up at the end, it just showed. And this, the NFC East in general, like we're going to look do a little bit of a look forward to week six at the end of the show once we finally got around to talking to Matt Rule. The NFC East, by the way, has become the best division in football this season. And we all thought it was going to be the NFC West. Right now, it is the NFC East. And it's the NFC East because other than Washington, the other three teams have figured out their coaching situations. Even the Cowboys, all right, Mike McCarthy, I don't rate, but they're off offensively. That Keller Moore, everyone told me, was very special, has suddenly turned up this year. I'm loving it. <laughs> Honestly, you've turned Cooper Rush into a, an absolute superstar. He's gone 4-0. and oh. And the Giants, 4-1, and one, looked like a legit 4-1. and one. They didn't look like a legit 3-1 and one coming in, but that is the win, which makes them legit. I thought they were great. Well, they've got arguably... Well, they've got the best defensive player that's not injured uh, in the league at the moment, um, in Mika Parsons, who I think he's got... Uh, this uh, is it 21 sacks quicker or 20 sacks quicker than any other player in NFL history It's something like that. So, and the rest of the defense is following his lead defense. Their defense is ridiculous. It's, it's so, so good. You've got to worry a little bit for the, the Eagles this weekend because they lost Jordan Mylata. He wasn't playing at the beginning of, um, uh, he wasn't. He didn't suit up at the weekend. Uh, I think they lost another offensive lineman, another two maybe during the game. So I don't know how they're going to block Mika Parsons et al. Um, so that defense is working really well. And when you've got, as you know, Willie, with San Francisco, when you've got a really good defense, your offense just has to be just a little bit above average, and you'll win games. You'll win games easily, and that's what you're just above above average offense in. Uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and, and the 49ers are doing. And conversely, if you have a just above average offense in the Packers, but your defense isn't doing anything, that's when you don't win games. So it's all about that defensive foundation. And that's what the Cowboys have got. Eagles have got it in spades. Eagles defense is great. And all right, it was a bit closer this weekend, but that offense, oh, ridiculous. And Jalen Hurts, all right, he still makes it the odd mistake here or there, but he looks like a real, real prospect. Almost a, almost a, um, a Josh Allen type leap from one year to the next. Well, it's not quite, is it? Because Josh Allen, I know. I, I, t- I tell you, I think it might be comparable to that. Yeah. Genuinely. So, do you know what amazes me about Jalen hurts more than anything else? And we've got that, this game on Sunday, Sunday night football game, uh, of course, live on tour sport too, uh, is going to be absolutely unreal because, the Cowboys are figuring it out, but uh, the go think back to the playoffs last year when the Eagles faced off with the Bucks, and all that Bucks team did was just blitz the hell out of Jalen Hurts, just absolutely killed him down after down after down, and he couldn't figure it out, and he couldn't read the opposition defense, and he just couldn't get it together. Turn it to this year, and. I, there hasn't been a defense that's been able to figure him out yet. And when he's been under pressure, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL under pressure. There is something that has switched in his mind. Something in that six to eight months between that loss and the start of this season where he's gone, I am yeah. going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how to behave under pressure. I'm going to figure out when to tuck and run, when to play the RPO, when to toss it, when to throw it, when to run with it. And he has just been so much better in those situations, combined with just a bit better accuracy, with better weapons around him, with an offensive line which has been very good and actually was good again this weekend despite missing Jordan Mailata. I, I think Jalen Hurts has really figured it out. And that that Sunday night game is sensational. It's not even the best game this week. He's got Bills Chiefs as well. Ridiculous. Oh yeah. Did you um did you see Brian Baldinger? I know we're gonna jump onto Matt Rule in just a minute, but did you see Brian Baldinger, Baldy? Everyone's Bye. favorite everyone's favorite <laughs> Zoom Zoom pub participant on Sky. Um he did he broke down the Eagles this year and the way that they're scoring their rushing touchdowns. And it, it's the way that Americans call it a rugby scrum. But actually it's a it's a mall where you have and they had a three-back situation in a in a, a really long eye formation, uh, and the, the the first guy then gets pushed by the two other guys behind him over the over over the the um, either the gain line to get first down or, or the goal line. And it just shows that maybe it's maybe it's Mylata's influence. I know he's rugby league rather than rugby union, but it shows that 
NFL teams are looking at other ways to to score points. And I loved it. I love seeing that kind of thing. That just the ingenuity of right. This is a this is a way thing that something that we could take from another sport. There's a little loophole here. Let's let's use it. Really, really, really clever. Right. Are we are we doing it? Are we get on to the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just well, very, you, very no, no, quickly come say. On, come on. I'll just very, very quickly say. Well, just two, two seconds. Come Daniel on. Jones Back. on Sunday. Hmm? Oh yeah. I actually wish he had another year Ollie on his contract because he's like his performance on Sunday was epic the Cowboys going into LA was so enjoyable to watch both sides of the ball so many things we could talk about the Rams there and then finally the Eagles are so fun to watch I cannot wait for this game at the weekend because I feel like it could be an offensive shootout where I then both defences go at it I just hope it's not a really 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 low scoring game because of that but it's a sign of a very, very advanced and good team that they can go into Arizona and drag out the win. Was it 20 to 17? It was driving home, listening, not watching on Red Zone, lads, very quickly on that one. Um, Jalen Hurts is so impressive. And I, I agree, I do think there's a jump, very comparable jump with Josh Allen there. And it's only week six now. What could it's, be, it's, we, it's different <laughs> skills that he's improved in, but the rate of improvement yeah, is yeah. comparable for me. So we talk about the NFL, but have you ever experienced the NFL in its natural state, live and in person in America, surrounded by tens of thousands of screaming partisan fans after spending hours beforehand in the car park outside the stadium, enjoying a cold beer, maybe one or two, as the smell of barbecue and tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air. If not, or if you have, and you fancy doing it again, well, Touchdown Trips folks are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite NFL team. And when we say amazing, we mean it. The guys and the girls at Touchdown Trips put fans first and are passionate. The fans who book with them get a proper, unforgettable, and more importantly, a unique NFL experience. You don't just get tickets, but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans. College fan? You want to go to a college game, stadium tour? Why not? As well as all that, they include flights from across the UK. They've got fantastic hotels and anything else you may want to add, such as an NBA game or an NHL game or a local excursion to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly, at all protected and up to bonded. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season or next and just want to get in touch, give the team at Touchdown Trips a shout today at touchdowntrips.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash touchdown trips or Twitter at touchdown trips. Touchdown Trips, you have to see it to believe it. Matt Rule. Less than three seasons into a seven-year, $62 million contract has been sacked by the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to do it again because it was so bad. Six years into a 60... <laughs> Not like we're live or anything. I'm all over the shop. Yeah, but it's fine because then uh, the magic man goes in and edits it for the replay and for the uh, clips he puts online. Or he just posts this and makes me look stupid. Both work for me. Um, the Carolina Panthers have fired Matt Rule. Three years, less than three years, into a seven-year, $62 million contract. They still owe him $40 million. He's taking home over $800,000 a month for the next four years from them. He's gone. He's out of the door. Steve Wilkes is taking over the defensive pass game coordinator, of course, coached the Arizona Cardinals back in 2018. He's been named as the interim coach. And it comes just five months after... Dave Tepper turned around and said, it's going to take five to six years to build a truly sustainable team that can compete at the top end. Five games into the season, and yes, one and four this year, and yes, 11 and 27 overall, and yes, Baker Mayfield, who many people thought was the best quarterback that he had managed to coach there, all of those things haven't worked. Was the win this weekend that bad and that embarrassing? Were they so poor against the San Francisco 49ers that he deserved to lose his job specifically off the back of that? And if not, surely he must have already had this in mind and maybe getting rid of him in the offseason was the way to go. It just seems a complete halfway house and just basically wastes this entire year for me. It's, it's just bizarre, lads. 
I just uh, sorry for jumping in. I just don't get why you do it now and not six weeks ago or six months ago <laughs> or give it a few more weeks. What's the benefit after that Niners game to then wait? It just doesn't make sense. The fact that he signed a deal and we can sit here and talk about David Tepper having all the money in the world. That's fine, but you're still giving somebody $60 million and the only incentive is to get to 70. I'll ha- like If that was me, not, not that I would do this, if that was him, I'm like, well, 60 million, happy days, grand. Where's the pressure for him? There's no pressure for him there at all. He turns down multiple college jobs thinking, oh, well, I'm on decent money here. It doesn't really matter what happens to me here because if I get fired, I get paid. It's a Chelsea-like situation with the contract payoff to an extent. He could sit now and watch Red Zone the rest of the season and get paid an absolute brickload of money. Um, there's so many things there, lads. And with Baker Mayfield now out for a couple of weeks, why now? Why not wait to week seven, week eight, at least see? Because there's no... I just don't see the value in getting rid of him now short term. Just keep him there. Oh, what, him what are you getting off. out of this season? What are you getting I, out of this season? Unless, unless they are literally going to fire sale right now like people have been joking about on Twitter. Like... There is some great young talent there, like Brian Burns, the edge rusher, absolutely brilliant. JC Horn, Derek Brown, all of them could get anything second, third round picks for them if you really want to be loading up. McCaffrey, I mean, there's talk about the Bills have inquired about uh, Christian McCaffrey after he's gone. That is a terrifying thought. If you finally, if you put Christian McCaffrey in that Bills offense, gave them the opportunity to adapt to what he does, if he stays healthy, I, I can't even imagine what that offense ends up looking like, where it's very sexy, to say the least. Like, unless they are really going to tear it down and they thought we need to do that now so teams are still willing to pay for those players before we get closer to the trade deadline, before we get closer to the point in the season where more teams are irrelevant, I just don't see the value. in the, the, the locker room as well seems to be behind him. You hear all of the comments from the players on Sunday and maybe they were just being good teammates. But Dante Jackson said that they're 100% behind him. Christian McCaffrey took all the blame on his own shoulders and refused to put anything of it on the coaching. And at the time when we've seen more players being honest, I was, I, I just, I don't think he is the solution there, but I don't see why now is the moment to do it. I think it now's the, the perfect time. It, they, they looked absolutely dreadful this season. Dreadful. He's got to be part of that, the, the decision-making process to bring in the likes of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. So if you can't get out of, if you're seeing your head coach not get anything out of people that he's wanting to bring in, I, I, what, what, and you're worth $11.4 billion, what's $40 million? It's a drop in the ocean. Start again. Let's just go again. Perhaps they've got someone lined up tepped up huh? so perhaps they've got someone <laughs> tepped up to, uh, to to come in look david tepper said this it's winning it's winning winning is winning more this year than you did last year looking like you're going to win more than you did last year by that definition i don't think we're over the hump it, it, they didn't look like they're going to win any games they've made christian mccaffrey not look good um they don't give their best player the ball enough I just, it's just, I, I think they, they saw that this was as far as Matt Rule was going to take them. What are they going to do? Lose a, another four in a row? What's the point? They're not going to win any games because they haven't shown like they're going to win any games so far this season. I'm, I think actually it's a really good decision. Just get rid, lop, lop it off, get rid of it. Hashtag lop it off. If I'm Raheem Morris. <laughs> Dan Quinn or Callum Moore, why in the hell would I go to Carolina? Like, I get... Because you might Tapper's get a seven-year, $62 million <laughs> well, contract. That's why. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, if... For like, oh, okay, maybe Dan Quinn to an extent. But if I, like, Callum Moore is really up and coming on these two. I, I personally feel that Jerry will give him the keys to paradise at some point. Why would, like, I just... Sometimes... If, if he, he doesn't sort of, Sean Payton the job. And it's... Well, it's it's definitely going Sean Payton, isn't it? I actually think Keller Moore's an interesting one. If if they do go and get some big, I don't think they should get rid of that that young talent. But let's say the Panthers are picking in the top five this year, which it very much looks like they're going to. What, there are three quarterbacks we think go in the top five, four in the top ten? Like, if they get a good young quarterback, there's some other good young talent there. Got a good receiver, they've got a good running back, they're on long contracts. The line could do with some help, but... Like, I actually think it might be quite an attractive job. The only thing being that 
what when was the last time a organization fired somebody just five games into a new season maybe that's the thing that scares you but otherwise like it's a bit of a blank slate for you with enough yeah. nuggets of talent to make you go yeah all right i'll give this a go yeah i'll, Plus, I'll come in what i always think with these things as well and i think we forget this when we look at what a situation is like the one thing we always i think forget and matt rule is is himself definitely guilty of this is head coaches more than anyone else believe their own hype they believe that they are like oh yeah he couldn't do it of course he couldn't do it i can do it i'm a good enough schemer i'm a good enough man motivator oh they couldn't get enough out of Jameis winston the former number one overall pick well i watched his college play there's clearly a good player there i'll turn him into a starting quarterback oh he's throwing five picks again oh good like it's just people talk themselves into being the solution because they think they're good enough and so I think someone like Keller Moore very much could talk himself into that job. Dan Quinn's a, a potential really good shout. How they managed to keep a hold of him, I don't know. My question is, lads, who's next? R- R- Ron Rivera this weekend? Somebody has to be next by week seven, week eight. And the hot seats are getting Are we going to turn into like soccer where they're just going to start absolutely shooting them down left, right and centre? Well, do you see the thing with Ron Rivera yesterday when he was asked what the biggest problem was between the jump between his team and the rest of the NFC and he went immediately quarterback? Like, all serious. <laughs> like, that, was, that was interesting. Like, you know, like, fire him under the bus immediately. I, I don't know. I, like, I would be... What about Ron Rivera back thinks... in Carolina? Ooh. What, they just till never, the end of the year? They, never, they say never <laughs> go back. Give it wrong to the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I think some of the people who could be on, on the hot seat, like we talked a lot about like Frank Reich this season, but they're actually, you know, 2-2-1 two, two and one right now, and they've been bad in, in my game. So a lot of the people we've talked about have either been people we've had long-term issues with, the Cliff Kingsbury's and Zach Taylor's of this world, or they've been first-year guys, Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniels. Like, I think we could see a couple of one-and-done coaches this year. Hey, Ron Rivera is the only one I could see them getting rid of mid-season. But then I'd said it, Washington, we're in that game this week. Very much could have won it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think there's anyone else that I expect to go there's sooner no one really later. jumps off the page for me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Plus, Washington faced the Bears on Thursday, so, you know. A game I that would go literally as far as no in. one's watching. I might watch it. I would go as far as saying <laughs> the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett is intriguing because you've got the Chargers Monday night away you've got the Jets at home and then you're going to London to play to face the Jaguars the last time the Broncos went to London obviously Josh McDaniels etc etc are we going to see another head coach fired before they get on the plane I love that it's my favourite it's my favourite London trope (laughs) I can't wait to go to the press for you so Nathaniel do you think you'll make it past the flight let's fly (laughs) there's a t-shirt idea yeah I love it wasn't it? Was it Dennis Allen who got fired before I think he even? It was. Left? Yeah, it, 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 someone definitely did, didn't they? Dennis yeah, Allen in 2014. I just double checked. You're right. You're right, Michael. Those should be winnable games for the Broncos. Uh, Chargers one's tricky, but the Chargers will always charge. Um, but the others, you know, before the season started, you, you're probably thinking with our new quarterback and some some nice wide receiver receiving talent and a defensive uh, identity that that's that you've managed to retain throughout the years, you're thinking, right, we, maybe we've got a bit of a shot at this. And what you do have is a, a head coach who looks like he doesn't know what he's particularly doing, a, a quarterback who's regressed massively, uh, winnable games that you're losing. So, yeah, you, you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's pretty depressing as a fan, I'm not going to lie. Like, But, yeah, I, I do. I genuinely feel... That the situation that they're in, the fact that there was a new ownership situation there, they've brought in the GM to look over now, who's had experience over in the UK as well. I I feel that they'll get to week nine, week ten, and if they lose hypothetically those next three games, I think he's out. I think it's not even controversial to say that. I just can't see how you've put the farm on Wilson. I I, I think they'll make a move, especially when Vegas have lost again in the West. Because there's still a window there for them, but t- time will tell. Uh, but if they get to week ten, it's over. And yeah. I'll stop, I'll stop being so depressed, but uh, yes, <laughs> good point. Uh, uh, do, do we have anything, like, I saw that you put some listeners' questions down this week. Do we want to rattle through those? Not rattle through, let's give them the time and due uh, respect that they deserve as our good listeners, but uh, yeah. we, should we go through them and then wrap this up 
this rambling shambles of a podcast. I want to call I think this episode. Really good fun. I want to call this episode. Who are they? Because it's a lot of us going. I don't understand what's happening. Why are uh, they doing this? <laughs> if you if you click on the comments, lads, Paul Hope has been getting involved. Um, oh work. no, I've been on private chat. I'm yeah. so sorry, Paul. I love this. So so good, great work, Paul. Thanks thanks for for joining us. Also, Paul, you're absolutely bang on about the 49ers defense. Unreal this year. What, what did he see? No one else can see these comments if they're listening he, to the podcast. He said the defense allowing just 64 yards on 17 carries. What else is, can CMC do? He's, oh, he's really been getting involved, hasn't he? I'm yeah. so sorry, Paul. You've uh, you put some great messages in here, just reading through them now. You've got Hackett on the hot seat. Huge shout, lads. I'm having it. Maybe not like now. Like I'm not expecting him to get fired mid-season, but... I don't well, think he's my, been. I, I think he's been an absolute shambles. I, I, the thing is, you can't get rid of the two hundred thirty-five million dollar quarterback you just traded three first-round picks for. So someone's going to get the blame, and the finger is going to get pointed not at that weirdo, but at Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sorry. Did you see where somebody has set the subway commercial? Uh, like you know the subway. Oh, that is spicy. Um, that subway commercial, and they've set it to the Joker scene from the dark night where he's doing the scene at the party while he's telling the story about his dad and they put like the the strings under it the um uh the what's the composer called come on ollie help me out here do you mean the adagio uh, strings thing no no the one the, the music from the dark night that kind of really builds in touch like and they've set it to that and they're like he sounds like a psychopath and he absolutely <laughs> sounds like a complete and utter like like he's going to mur- like he's got you tied up in his basement <laughs> and he's giving you a monologue about a sandwich but actually it's really about murder like that is what it sounds like and it's unreal i'm going to post it on my twitter now and then everyone can go for it Listen, i think russell- that's a very good question though would you rather be in a basement tied up with russell wilson talking to you like that or watch the commanders against the bears on thursday night i mean it's uh I would watch the Commanders versus the Bears on Thursday night. I don't want to be anywhere near Russell Wilson. Am I guaranteed to survive the Russell Wilson situation? It's and, and can I talk about it again afterwards? Yeah, it's spicy though. Uh, there, and big thanks to Paul. I, I, I know people will see him on the on the Niners Tales from the Bay meetup on 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 Sunday in Leeds. I know you'll be there, William. Uh, Dan, who's a massive supporter of Good Army Met both me and Ollie I think over the last couple of weeks doing some content outside the stadium said which game did you prefer and why I think I know what Ollie Hunter's answer is going to be so I'll go first and say I loved Sunday which London game it was yeah so like which which London game I I thought Sunday was like the it was the closest London can get to a game in the States the atmosphere outside Ollie as we've seen was was nuts well I know you were there as well and it was amazing but I think the the first game was was, was really good I still think the atmosphere at some of the London games is better than a lot of games I've been to in America as well. Like what what you're saying is is good. It's as close to a great game in America. Like when you go to a real like top tier game with a really good crowd at a really good stadium. I've been to some absolute clangers in some in some you know average stadiums and seen some pretty bad football where the crowd haven't been into it at all and have given up midway through the third quarter and are just down. Do you remember we had Falcons Cowboys on? Um, uh, yeah. It was was it Sunday night football or it was in the nine twenty five window? And the Falcons are absolutely in a game. They blew out the Cowboys. I think it was that game. Was it at Grady Jarrett? Somebody had yeah um, Grady Jarrett. It was Grady Jarrett. It had six seven sacks. sacks. Seven six sacks. sacks. Yeah. Um and. The the problem is, is the Falcons have been absolutely the creators of their own downfall because they've done this amazing thing in their stadium where they the concessions aren't all stadium concessions, but they're actually all hired out to local businesses. So you can go and get a sandwich from your favorite sandwich shop in Atlanta and they've got a concession stand inside the inside the arena. The, the only agreement as part of that is you have to keep your prices the same in the stadium as they are in your shop. And the beer is all like $5 a beer. And the soft drinks are all like $2 a drink. But what that means is when a game is an absolute blowout, no one's watching it. Because everyone's gone down to the concourse to watch Red Zone and get drunk. Like, honestly, we were looking around midway yeah. through the third quarter and be like, where is everybody? And you go down to the concourses and it's like you're in a, a nightclub. Like, it's an absolute party going on. So, uh, I'm just saying it was better than a lot of uh, American games. Well, the, you... it's, it's the sec- it is the second game for me because... Yeah. Of the the prestige and atmosphere, but I I don't want to disrespect the first game because I thought it was brilliant. First game's finale was was ridiculous, and we were really lucky to to have that. The first half wasn't great. I think it was really affected by the Lewis scene 
injury and that it took a while for both teams to sort of get back into it maybe even the crowd as well uh, i don't know whether you noticed but uh, they did a they did a game uh, where they superimposed someone's a beard on whoever's like scanned the thing and they started this game whilst lewis seen was on the on the floor injured and um all of the players and the all the the 22 on the field and then the entire minnesota vikings team then takes a knee they're playing this game and quickly that was shut down thankfully uh, that you know those little things like that 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 perhaps they need to learn but the second game was so good like that just the atmosphere, the atmosphere outside. And I mentioned that it reminded me of Seattle. And also outside, it reminded me of Seattle as well. People on the street, people in boozers, um, because there isn't a, necessarily a tailgate in Seattle that I remember. So it it, it really felt like it, we were in the Pacific Northwest watching a game. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And the, the atmosphere was ridiculous. Um, it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But... I thought it was an incredible advert for football and what it should be like and what it could be like for the next 32 games in the in the coming years. When I say shambles, is I want that to be really clear that I mean that with nothing but love. Like, a shambles is a good thing to me when it's good. I just mean that it lacked focus, but it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun on the show today. I know we've got more listener questions, but I actually need to leave now. So if you want to carry on doing the listener questions amongst yourselves, you're welcome to. Otherwise, I can shout that I'm out and go. Up to you. Let me, let me know. S in the chat. What am I doing? I'm leaving. You guys could do the outro. Uh, Sounds I good. Go. Miss you already. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate Love your time. Love you both. Bye. You too. Uh, yeah, so we've got two questions, Mr. Hunter, before yeah, we bind. The first one is from Owen. Thanks very much, Owen, for getting the question. Is uh, this really... Owen as in Owen Morgan or Michael Owen? Unfortunately, we haven't got Owen Morgan or Michael Owen watching the show, but it's, I think it's Owen McGrath who's sent in a question saying... Yeah, but which way is it um, spelt, Michael? That's all I want to know. E-O-I-M. Oh, so that's it's, what it's I... Owen as in... That's what I mean. Was it, is it Owen as in Owen Morgan or Owen... English Owen or Irish Owen? That's all I want to know. I don't know why it that's makes a... any difference, but that's that's not the point. It's all good. It's a bit like Ollie right. when you've got like 17 different spellings and stuff and Mike, yeah, Mick, that's exactly. They're all slightly pronounced differently, though. So, um, yeah. Get Ollie Connolly to talk you through that. Con man. Uh, Owen asks, does Matt really getting fired increase the chances of Christian McCaffrey getting traded? And this this goes into a conversation that we had last night in the Gridiron WhatsApp group. Mr. Gavin, who's just left us, put in a comment saying about, you know, this could be happening, about the Bills were apparently in talks. Um, do you know what, Ollie? I'm going to go full harm here. I'm going to say I think it does. And I genuinely feel that if he is traded to a team like the Bills, I'm intrigued to see what the hypothetical uh, situation would be in terms of what they would need to get him. How, much, does, went how much would it cost? Yeah, oh, Two first rounders? Minimum. And a third? But then then like again, that. like, it's it's like, you know, the Bills don't have a run game to, uh, to, to that extent. And we know it's like, it's obvious, it's, it sticks out to teams. They're going to say, well, we want like three, or f- three first rounders, two second rounders, yada, yada, yada. Does the Bills, I guess, in the Super Bowl window want to do that there? What's your thoughts, man? Because it's 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 a really intriguing proposition, and I'll say this now: we we need to buy the Super Bowl tickets right now if that happens, because they're currently there's no way we're getting in the media or anything if the Bills get yeah, to the Super Bowl with true. McCaffrey. I think I think they need to keep him if they want to get a serious head coach. But then, on the flip side, I've just talked myself out of it. If you're saying to a, a new head coach that you're going to be part of the decision making process, suspend these first round draft picks and however many other draft picks you're going to get from him, um, then that's also that's also intriguing. That's enticing for, for a new head coach to come in. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I really don't know. I, 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 I'm 50. Oh, it's a real cop-out. I'm, I apologise, Owen, with uh, E-O-I-N. I apologise, but I think, um, I think it's a 50-50 whether he stays or not. Get your questions in throughout the week. You can DM me on Twitter at Michael underscore NFL. The Gridiron DM should be open at Gridiron. Send us a question and I'll take note of them for, for this because I think it's it's been good fun doing this on a Tuesday and sort of getting the full weekend scope and getting to hear some people's thoughts and sort of the community atmosphere as well. Um, big game Thursday night, Ollie, very, very quickly. Uh, have you any thoughts ahead of this game? Because for me, I feel that this could be the game, if there's ever going to be a game, that the Bears fans have an opportunity to see Justin Fields maybe get the ball down the field. This is not a game for the uh, soft core 
NFL fan is it's a Thursday night. NFL fans. Ooh, it's it, it could it could be a disaster, but the, the funny thing is, it could be great. I mean, it couldn't be much worse than last Thursday night's game, could it? Um, I don't think anything is worse than last Thursday night's game. Uh, often when you get two teams which are unfancied, um, I know the Broncos and the Colts was, were unfancied, but they're 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 they have pieces that would make them slightly more interesting, like two two formerly good, very formerly very good quarterbacks. Whereas these two teams don't have that, um, and that can be quite can be a bit of a leveler, can't it? Uh, the Washington defense hasn't stepped up. Chase Young et al. We expected way more from them this season, and the Bears are, are hugely talent poor. So we could be in for you know like a, a far more interesting game than me going. Oh, no one's going to watch. It's going to be rubbish. Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm 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 a naysayer and all of that. Um, I think we could see a really good game, and you never know. Justin Fields did seem like he took a little baby step um, in the right direction. If you're you're looking at quarterback play and Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, he has these, he makes these silly decisions and throwing the ball when he shouldn't and into places where he shouldn't, but. There are some throws that he's made this year that have been really, really good against the poor Dead Bears defense. That you know, anything can happen. They've got some nice, nice weapons: Jahan Dotson and uh, Terry McLaurin and um, Gibson. And you've got the your man Robinson, who's come, has come back. He took the field after being shot about two months ago, shot in the leg. Ridiculous. I think be, actually, I've taught myself into watching it now. It's going to be a great game. <laughs> I know I'll be talking to you on Thursday night watching that game. Yeah, yeah. It, we could we could get the Carson Wentz that we've seen against Detroit, which was uh, like a five-year-old playing Madden, or we could get a guy throwing the ball down the field. Same with Justin Fields. Let's see what happens. That's the yeah. Thursday night game. But Ollie, um, appreciate your time, man. And for everyone listening to this podcast, it's great to hang out with you at the games over the last two weeks. Appreciate everyone's support. You can get us um, at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram, search Gridiron on TikTok as well. And you can also get us the comments throughout the week on YouTube. Just search Gridiron or Gridiron UK or Gridiron NFL Show. Uh, but for now, Ollie, thanks a million, sir. And I will see you next week. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. See you then.